Oh, we could just make up sponsors. This episode. Zip this is <laughs> This episode is not brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Zip <laughs> We're sure they're very nice people, but they don't sponsor our podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Context Free. This is Jason K. And this is Jason M. Today we are recording at 5 a.m. from the branks of the South Platte River. <gasps> No. It's four in the afternoon and it's hot as hell. But you got up at 5 a.m. But I got up at 5 a.m. to go fishing on the South Platte <laughs> River. Went fly fishing for the first time. Took my son. It was it was a pretty good time. Uh, I found that I'm probably not going to be a fishing guide anytime in the near future. Oh, after one after one pass, you're not going to... No, not your... I'm going to need 10,000 hours Yeah, at a minimum. Now you've got two. I have three. Three? Three hours wow. in. No, it was, it was actually really fun. Uh, what a good time. It's just... I mean, I know it's very cliche to say, but it's just nice to be out in the morning on a beautiful day and be in the water. In, so. the, in nature. In nature. Yeah. There's a lot of, tuber, a lot of tubers out there. Tubers? People, people tubing down. Oh, down. I was like, <laughs> potatoes. Oh, <no>. just, <laughs> I don't understand. All right. There are people in tubes. Did they, they didn't tangle your fishing line. No, no. It's, it's kind of on you to pick yeah, it up. You just don't no, but I, we'll, we'll go again. It's, it's kind of a hard uh, hobby to get into a little bit because there's a lot of a lot of jargon a lot of stuff a lot of there's just a lot of things expensive equipment a lot of expensive equipment yeah. yeah but charlie really enjoyed it so i'm sure we'll do it again he was he was pretty smiley about it so i mean forgiven how early we got up yeah so pretty cool uh another thing i found um so have you ever discovered something about four years after it came out and then <laughs> yes and then thought it was the greatest thing, even though you're four years late I'm sh- to the party. I'm sure. I'm sure. I can, like, I'm, I'm like, right. Move like cult movies and that sort of thing. I'm sure that's happened. To me. Right. So, uh, today for the first time I listened to the song exploder podcast. Oh, okay. do you know this? No, it sounds familiar. It, it's on radiotopia. Okay. Um, there's four years of this. So now we know <laughs> what I will be doing pretty much all the time. If you just ask me, what are you doing in your free time? I'll be listening to Song Exploder episodes. So what they do on Song Exploder podcast, and I don't know who runs it or other than it's on Radiotopia, they, whatever. They, they explode songs. They explode songs. No, they have, uh, they take a song. Mm. So for instance, they take like <laughs> Try Not to Breathe by R.E.M. or I listen to Divorce Song by Liz Fair, right? And they, they take the song and they have the person, the artist, mm. describing the process of the song from the, de- from the concept to the demo. Oh, wow you know, through the entire thing. So it's not someone, it's not some egghead, you know, doing their analysis of a song. I think that John Bon Jovi was really into. Exactly. No. Okay. Um, that, that's going to be the opening cut of this show. By the, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, so is the actual artist talking about, you know, how they got the idea for the song and, and, right. you know, making the demo, et cetera. So they had, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda mm-hmm. on, and he just did this uh, saw this song to raise money for Maria Relief in Puerto Rico, and he was talking about how he he was on uh, vacation at the time in Austria with his family, just whatever, and, and he you know heard about the, the hurricane and everything, and he made this demo, like there wasn't even a piano or anything, so he's like doing mouth instruments, <laughs> just recording like on his phone or something, and he sent this, like he's like, this is the worst demo I've ever made, but I sent it to to somebody and then they, they kind of were, you know, he got like Jennifer Lopez and Mark Antony, all these different people <laughs> sort of based on this seed of a thing that he put together in his hotel room 
you know, with his family in, right. in Austria. And, but just going through that whole <laughs> strand of it, right? Um, just really fascinating. I mean, on so many different angles. I mean, from just how people create art, like what the what what that process is, right? right where they got the idea uh, through um, hearing some of the early demos, right? That, that you that you might hear through the through the finished product, and then hearing some of the choices. So there's a great bit in the uh, the episode with Liz Fair talking about divorce song. So the end of that song ends with this whole sort of full blown out harmonica. The last like 20, 30 seconds of it, or everything. But she was saying that there was a guy uh, that that came in and he just came in in one take and just ripped out harmonica for like the entire song. Like, but they just decided to use the last 30 seconds, oh. which is really cool. Like you'd never <laughs> even, I'd never even thought about that. You know, whenever you hear the finished product of a song, you kind of assume, oh, well, they planned that and they had someone come in and play a 30 second part. Right. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but great. It's just a great, uh, podcast was like, like I said, it was like Yola Tango, Nine Inch Nails. Um, those are the five I listen to. I listen to REM, Liz Fair, Yola Tango, Nine Inch Nails, and then Manuel Miranda so far. But I got four years to go through. It's going to be great. But wouldn't that be a cool idea for someone to do Game Exploder? Game Exploder? Game Exploder. Where they in- interview the people that. You get a designer. I first came for, up with this when. Get a designer. It's, well, I mean, it, yeah. you know, it's a little bit like the Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, but a, that was a little bit more of the. The pain of the process of developing. Well, and the business and the business suffering. part. Yeah. But even for board games or video games, to talk to a designer and kind of hear their voice and tell that story mm-hmm. of where they got a game from and, and kind of what the iterations were and what choices they made and all that, I think uh, I think that would be something really and why they, and why yeah yeah and who else was involved and what they contributed. So yeah, it's really really cool show. Check it out, Song Exploder. I love it. So today we're going to talk about Tabletop Golf Mars Open. Dun-dun. It's very pink. You like the dun-dun. I do. Yeah. Um, That's because I'm too cheap to buy some sounds. Yeah, you should get some sounds. No, no. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about Tabletop Golf Mars Open. We're going to talk about Flam Rouge and a little bit about uh, how to host a game night. What, uh, you know, what, what goes into that if you, um, either with experienced gamers or not, just kind of you know, I do quite a bit of that, so I thought I'd share some thoughts on that. Starting off with uh, a very pink game. It's, it's super pink and it's super cute. That's very fun. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it's. I'm glad it's fun. I'm not. I don't know. Do you think it's gonna? It's a sixty minute game. I guess you have eight people. It's a sixty minute game. I don't think I would play it with eight people. Yeah, that would be right. insane. So, tabletop golf Mars Open uh, is by Bellwether Games, designed by Dennis Hoyle. Uh, just recently delivered on Kickstarter. It's a dexterity game, and it's a dexterity game that does not involve flicking wooden things. It involves flicking <laughs> sort of plasticky paper. I don't know, whatever. Papery things. Papery. More papery than Sort of cardboard. like paper football. Yeah. Yeah, it's like more like paper paper football you played as a kid. And it's set up with the, the theme of golf with the art theme of, you know, being on Mars. So rather than being green, it's pink with flags and little cute astronauts. And stuff like that. <laughs> you flick these little, well, the, the quote unquote, the balls, but they're like little, uh, they're like sort of diamond shaped, they're like f- sort of folded diamond shaped mm-hmm. pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't have 10,000 hours of practice flicking them. So yeah, we're, we're probably not going to be a guide on Mars Open. But No, but it's fun. 
I, I will say there, I was talking last time about the, the spontaneous joy of, of the mind, right? <laughs> I almost had a couple moments of spontaneous joy, like taking a long shot and going in the hole. You just want right. to raise your arms in a victory dance. You well, know? it's a, it's, it's like literally a hole in one experience, right? Like, right. Yeah. Right. You want to give a high five or, <laughs> or, or whatever. There's a whole bunch of holes that come in the, in the, in the manual, right. To set mm. up different, you know, there's a bunch of different obstacles that, that come with it. Um, I'm not sure how well the, the cardboard will hold up to like really heavy play. If you're like moving it around a lot, right. like that seems like that, that could be an but issue. There, there are a lot of extra balls that I don't think, I don't think I'm going to use. I don't, I mean, there's like what, 16 or something. I think, yeah, I think there's like eight or nine, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it down. I'm going to open my box up. I'm going to take it downstairs and I'm just going to put the hole there and it's going to practice flicking yeah. straight at them. Yeah. yeah and they're going to come back and crush you. You're going to have a driving range. Yeah. Gonna gonna driving, a driving range. range in your basement. That's what I'm going to do. Open. Uh. I think I need a lot of flicking practice, but it's pretty fun because you know, you can get curve shots and there's all sorts of different ways to do it. It's, it's the sort of thing where you play it and someone's like, Ooh, what are you doing? Right. It's, kinda, it's just cool. <laughs> well, it's silly. I, I, so I like the fact that the, the box is kind of small, but the, the little standees and stuff are, are pretty large. And, um, you can kind of compose your, or you're supposed to at some point when you get to the, what, advanced, the pro, pro, yeah, pro no, Mars open hole. There's 54 holes in the book, but you could just sort of make up whatever you want. Yeah. I think that's what most people will do, right? Like yep. they'll, they'll take the pieces, set up the holes and then just kind of play and play rounds. Yeah. Um, but there's some kind of craziness, right? Like you, you take the box, you stack the box on a piece totally. of the box with a hole on top. And then and the hole is another kind of little mini box and. Sure. Anyway, I think my, one of my favorite things about it is that it's the type of game that you don't, I mean, I did just check the rules just for, just for almost for comedy sake. Right. (laughs) But it's the sort of game where you could just sort of pull it out and it's an, and it's, it's part toy where you could just start playing with it and you don't really need to know what the rules are. Right. It's like, it's like mousetrap. Yeah. You just play with it. (laughs) Absolutely. It's like mousetrap. It's like, who really cares what the point of this is? Just play. Well, you, so there's the game, right? There's actually playing correctly, Yeah. but but you can knock it out, punch it out of the box and you have a pretty good game. And it uses the whole box. Yeah. Bottom, top. Yep. Everything. I'm actually surprised that the cardboard punch outs, the things that only have a name in Japanese, uh, (laughs) are not used in some way. The extraneous pieces. We were yeah. theorizing earlier that the extraneous pieces, uh, when you punch your punch your games out, are have names in Japanese, German, and right, maybe, like the outline of what you punch right. pieces out of that yeah. you throw away. <laughs> right. Although I will say, in some of the earliest games that I ever bought when I started getting in, into this hobby uh, over ten years ago. I actually still have. Right. I left them in the box, and right. I don't know why I did that. I you thought like... I thought that I shouldn't be throwing them out. Now I'm just like toss. No, I feel like I feel like somewhere there's a museum of <laughs> popping pieces or whatever they're called, <laughs> right? I... Where there's just just frames of pieces of game. I I think this would make an excellent board game trivia contest. Just show the outlines, and someone has to guess what, what game it came what's from. The game. <laughs> Like for the really hardcore people, like what game did this come from and try and figure that out. So, um, yeah, I think we both, uh, we both had a, had a few eights, eights, the maximum number of strokes you can get in the hole. Right. We both have, if you're following the rules, if you're following the rules, (laughs) well, if we didn't, I'm pretty sure we might've had quite a bit more than an eight. Yeah. There'd be a hundred there. Um, especially for some of the holes, 
pretty challenging. We mm. tried we tried a couple of the expert ones and yeah, that looked that looked pretty tough. We're definitely amateurs. At- I think I'm better at this than real golf, though. Yeah, or there's more potential here. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the green fees are cheaper, so the green fees are definitely cheaper. Yeah, it's uh, not a bad pickup. I don't I don't know what the plans are on on distribution or if it's just off of the Bellwether site or if that's going retail. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I know that um, Dennis had it last year at VGG Con, and that was where I heard about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and met him, and then hopefully he'll be there next year and play some more or whatever other new games he's he's got coming out. So that'd be good. He does kind of a different, a lot of different varieties of of stuff. He does not appear to have like a a groove, a, he, you a know, theme, like a, a theme groove, like a, a formula. Like some style. designers kind of yeah, follow yeah. a formula, right? And um, yeah, it was it was pretty good. So that was. That was tabletop golf. Mars Open it comes in a pink box with some with some yellow, and uh, it's a, it's just a fun flicking game. I could see just you know you could hold your beverage in your left hand and mm. flick with your right, and yeah. there you go. And like I said, it's nice that it's not wooden flicking for once. Although I love crokinole. I mean, I right. always love that, but it, it does, so many of the flicking games are. You do need wooden stuff. You do need a table or a six by three foot area. To play upon so what other sort of six foot by four. three four you could do them be hard four. to get down it be, yeah it would be it too would old be uncom- for that. yeah i know yeah but they're younger people in the world yeah they are they can get on the floor and right flip. would also be i bet it'd be really cool to to do it just kind of open in the living room or on the stairs like you could really <laughs> no you could really get crazy right if you think about it yeah like tee off from the top of the stairs right and have the whole like way down at the bottom somewhere or at the top of the stairs that would be that'd be harder that yeah. would be that would be <laughs> good You'd have to raise the stroke limit. That yeah, that'd be, that would be pretty tough. It reminds me, I, I remember playing a golf hole like when I was I don't know a teenager somewhere in like Michigan or something, and it was one of these where you did tee off like way above, and you just hit it, and you hardly had to do anything. And the ball, the the hole was so far down below, it just went like, you know, it was so hard to judge distance because it was so far below you. But yeah, I think I think maybe we'll do that. We'll set it up, and I'm sure the cats will immediately go and knock them. Yeah. All over the place. Yes. After, yeah. They like, they like knocking things over. That is what they do. So that's that. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. There you go. That's my thing. I know it is. (laughs) Yeah, we need some sound effects. That would be. Something. I'm going to try to record something. Fake sponsors. Fake sponsors. Oh, we could just make up sponsors. This episode. ZipRecruiter. This is. This episode is not brought to you by ZipRecruiter. <laughs> We're sure they're very nice people, but they don't sponsor our podcast. <laughs> this episode of Context Free is not brought to you by Stamps.com. You will not receive a free digital scale, and you cannot go to Stamps.com slash Context Free and get a damn thing. No, sorry. You probably could go there, but I don't know. Maybe there's something. That'd be weird. It's probably a 404 page. We're also not sponsored by MailChimp. <laughs> Nor Casper mattresses. I use Mailchimp though. I do, so you know that's something. And uh, I thought about buying a Casper, but I don't have one, so that's that. What else do I have? What other podcast things? Hmm. What podcast things? I don't know if I actually use any of. I'm trying to think of. Something. I mean, I use Blue oh, Apron, I've but got... I use that because of you. Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah. This that was your best recommendation you've ever Blue given. Apron? Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to restart it. We stopped for a while. Mm. Um, I, you I can pick from five menus now. Uh, fracture. 
This oh, podcast yeah. is not brought to you by Fracture. Not even brought to you by Fracture. Pretty soon we'll own five Fracture prints. So, <laughs> I think Fracture is brought to you by Context Free. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> they do pretty well. They do pretty well. They got a nice product. Yeah, um, they're, probably, they're probably doing okay. <laughs> so, have you played anything new lately? Um, I, you know, I don't know about new. Um, well, n- well, new to see. you. Hmm. When I say new, I mean new to you. So I I played more um more than zero or more than the, a small amount of uh overcooked, right? So I, I think I mentioned that briefly. The cooking game. The cooking, the video game. Cooperative 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 cooking game. Yeah, where the environment is trying to murder you or set you on fire or something. And, and it's uh, cooperative like Magic Maze is cooperative, like yeah, you want to strangle yeah, the other people you're yeah, working yeah, with. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. Yeah, you're like, no, 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 no. So um right. like the the low levels, I think I may have I think we may have talked about this earlier um but the low levels you're doing something like you're trying to make a hamburger i gotta try this yeah and it's uh you know it's up to i think it's up to four people mm-hmm. and you know there's a fry there's a station with a pan and you gotta go someone has to go get the meat mm-hmm. put the meat in the pan and that turns it into a, a, a you know burger meat and then you know there's a bun somewhere and mm-hmm. so you have orders coming in right and sometimes it's an order with a burger on a bun sometimes the order with a burger on a bun with lettuce and tomato so you have to go i feel like and... i played a game like this on the intellivision or something oh like, i'm sure like as a kid I'm i can't sure. remember what it was called but it was like a that pressure cooker pressure cooker i think that was a game yeah pressure cooker pressure cooker yeah so now you have to look it up now i have to look up pressure so but cooker. but uh i played it with my 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 uh my cool game night people at my at my work um and they they introduced it uh and it was pretty fun and so i finally i finally bought it for home and uh rebecca and i have played it for a while um and it's just a good it's a good kind of co-op game where you can kind of so she enjoys it i you'd have to ask her she did not walk away but it's all time pressure <laughs> it is time pressure okay. right and so we did play it for we did play it for a couple hours okay um one evening so uh we'll see if we play it again but i i think she enjoyed it um it's uh it's kind of like uh that was that was it pressure cooker pressure cooker atari 2600 game 2600 1983 you get like a little blob and that blob is a pizza yeah Yeah. so there's a little picture there but pressure cooker i can't believe i pulled that name out pressure cooker that was i mean it sounds like this game could be called the same thing right oh sure sure yeah yeah did rats come out and try to steal your no, it stuff. wasn't. It was, it was Atari twenty six hundred. I, I mean, if they were rats, you certainly didn't look like rats. Yeah, it was, there was like, a blob. It looked like four pixels. Yeah, something on the screen told you it was a rat. Right, and it was a blob. Yeah, and it stole your I mean, cheese. I, don't, I never knew what anything was in that in Atari twenty six hundred. <laughs> you knew what ET was. ET kind of looked like ET. Yeah, it kind of looked like ET. But no one played that game. So, but things in like adventure, I have no idea. What oh yeah, were. no, that's like, giant yeah, keys. That's true, all that sort of thing. Well, the key looked like a key. Yeah, but there were other things. That yeah, did not the look dragon. Like. Kind of, sort of did, but sorta. not a very good dragon. Mm, no. no. Um. So I, I. So you got that on PS4. I did. Okay. Uh. So co-op for PS4. Um. I got a new VR game that has the worst. Um. The worst uh, setup, right? Mm-hmm. So like most of these games, they want to set you up. Like for example, there's a Planet of the Apes game in the beginning of the game. It tries to figure out how tall you are. Oh, so, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know. It, calibration. Calibration is the got word it, that I it. was failing to find. Yep. So the Planet of the Apes game, for example, right? You, like you put your arms out because, you know, certain arm gestures mean things. And like moving your arm, your shoulders up and down mean that you're, hmm. uh, you're walking like an ape. 
I need uh, a fly fishing VR game. That's what I need. Yeah. Do they have it? Yeah, I'm sure this is an opportunity. That way I can practice at home. This is an opportunity for you. <laughs> I could practice at home. That's what I need. <laughs> was it BJ Honeycutt? What was the guy from MASH I don't that know. was always? Make it so. Yeah, make it so. Um, wrong show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> DJ Honeycutt always said, make it so. Did he say that? No, he never did. I don't think so. I think that was uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Picard. Yeah. So, but no, I I got a new VR game, which I'm not going to name right now, but the calibration is so terrible, I just had to stop playing it. Okay. Um, Where, like, you start out and there's a scale and you have to stand on the scale and it, anyway, Mm. it's, so I tried to play a new VR game. I did not succeed. It's very sad. Got it. Uh, My pocketbook. Let's see. What else? I'm playing Assassin's Creed still. We'll okay. talk about that yeah, some other we'll time. We'll talk about that another time. And, I, I want to uh, I want to see that one. I've been playing Has Been Heroes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, has <laughs> heroes that are has beens. So your three heroes. There's a young rogue, and there's an old warrior and an old monk, and then if as you beat the game, you unlock other things. This game has approximately eight billion different unlockable things in it. It has terrible controls. Eight billion. Um, it's repetitive. <laughs> You're not so, making so sense. So it's the perfect formula for me to love it. <laughs> because it has horrible tutorial. So bad controls, bad tutorial, totally opaque, sign me up. Ah, right. It's perfect for you. If it's opaque, I want to play it. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I, that's sucks you in. Yes, it sucks me in because I'm just like, how the hell do you So what do you, play what do, you this? do? This is so not the this, card game. So do you remember Plants vs. Zombies? Yeah. So this game. Oh, now I'm, now I'm going to play it. Thanks. Did you love Plants vs. Zombies? I love those okay. kind of games. Okay, so this game owes a lot to Plants vs. Zombies because it's a lane-style game. Mm-hmm. So you have three lanes, right? So you're, you're three, the, three heroes. Whichever three heroes is, as you unlock heroes, they can, you know, like you can own, like I got the bard and the bard goes into the monk slot, for instance. Like you can't put the bard in the rogue slot. Okay. Right, so whatever. There. So they're, they're in these lanes and you have skeletons. And when I say skeletons, there's, there's literally 500 different skins of skeletons that attack you in this game, which is <laughs> absurd. And like a plant, there's like one plant, one plant, there's one plant skin and then 500 skeleton skins. And so they come at you and it's, and are they all people skeletons or some of them like mouse skeletons? No, they're all just, they're all people. Skeletons. They're all people skeletons. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't want to get too in this, but it's not, pu- it's not puzzly, but, a lot of the, so it is roguelike in the sense that every time you play, you, well, it's roguelike in the sense that you're going to die a lot, mm. right? And every time you play, the map is going to be different and what's where is going to be different, right? So it's got that procedurally generated thing going on. Yep. And then uh, the other the other thing is, so, so the, each of the skeletons is coming at you. They have a certain amount of stamina. And so you have your warrior that does one hit, one big hit. You have the rogue that does three little hits and you have whatever the mid-range one that does two hits so if the, if they run out of stamina are they bone tired well so the key is so say you have a skeleton coming at you with one stamina right and if you hit it twice mm-hmm. that's actually not what you want to do you want to hit it once so that it gets stunned and then have someone else come in and hit it you'll get the max damage of however many hits and if they get stunned then their stamina goes down because they'll go to the right side like imagine playing plants versus zombies and your your plants, instead of planting them along the way, mm. right, they're always at the left side of the screen. Mm. And so whenever you would hit a zombie coming at you, it would go to the far right side of the screen. But what's going to happen is if you stunned it, it's going to have one less stamina. So what you're doing is you're constantly swapping where your guys are to do these combos 
so that like you might stun with two hits and then bring the big warrior down. You'd swap lanes. And this is where the controls are not good because it just <laughs> takes a lot of practice to, to do it. And this is on what? Uh, where are you playing? I'm playing on an Xbox one. Okay. Yeah. And then you swap it and then, you know, your warrior takes a hit. But what, what's interesting about it is that all the different items. So as you go along like the overland map, it's kind of got like a castle crasher style mm-hmm. art mm-hmm. It's that, you know, uh, battle block theater, the, the, whatever those guys are, it's that style. I don't think it's them though. Um, and sort of like them and you, it has a, just a ton of items in it which is changing up what your abilities are. And you're also getting spells on the overland map from merchants that are in different places every time. So every time you play it kind of what your advanced stuff is, that's available to you is going to be different. So you have to change your, right. Your tactics slightly to, to account for that. And it's also just like a rogue like style game. Sometimes the RNG is just going to suck and you're just not going to get what you need. And you got to start over. So RNG stands oh, for random number generator, right? Sorry. <laughs> Uh, sometimes random number generator is not kind. It's just, it's an opaque, unfair game. That's, you know, all the reviews I read were like, this game's really hard. And then I saw a couple of reviews where people like, just keep playing. And that's the dot, dot, dot. That's the part that, you know, put the hook in me where I was like, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta see what that is. Right. So I do that. I beat, I get through the game once. Cause the whole game is you, every time you beat it, it, it gets another whole level longer. So the first time you have to get through two levels and the next time you have to get through three levels, and the next time you have to get through four levels, but you're unlocking all this stuff so that it gets easier. And so it's the difficulty actually scales. So it stays hard, but the beginnings get kind of easier, Right. but you unlock so much stuff every time you make it through the game once. And there's just so much new stuff that you feel like, oh, I just opened up 8,000 Christmas presents and now I have all these new spells to get and all this different stuff. So it's, it, I, I cannot wholeheartedly recommend it to anybody, but I enjoy it. So that's just all I can say. I would, I would never recommend this game to anyone because I just don't think anyone else would like it. Although if you really like Plants for Zombies, what? give it a shot. <laughs> Has been heroes. Has been heroes. Um, that Jason really enjoys. <laughs> I do, but it's uh, it's just qualitatively it's an, not. It's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. It's an yeah. acquired taste. That's, that's that's what I would say. <laughs> so we um, so I I occasionally play with my my coworkers. Uh, you play both board games and video games? Uh, yeah, yeah. We play, we have two. At work. Yeah, we have two. After, well, after work. After work. After yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. We don't actually play during work hours usually. That's good. Um, well, you know, it's good. It's well, playing lunchtime. We used to play lunchtime board games. Yeah. Right? So we, we're actually trying to make that happen. Oh, cool. That's a thing that, 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 uh, that folks are trying to do. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. Lunch, yeah, yeah. Lunch, yeah. Well, lunch length games. Yeah. It has to fit. Totally. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, one of the guys there is really good at uh, at, at kind of hosting and, and, and getting mm. people in, which was important because this time I had I had asked everybody, um, you know, when they were going to play uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 again, because uh, the, 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 the group off and on um, had been playing. Were you the guide? I was not. I was not. <laughs> Did you get to play again? I did get to play, oh, and cool. and um, we did not win, but we did really well. We moved the the narrative along. I won't explain how in September of season one, um, but there were two people trying to play that game that had never played Pandemic at all. 
Interesting. Yeah, and they managed to have a good time, and I think that really... Did they play any other board games? Yeah, they they, okay. they had played board games before, okay. but they weren't kind of alpha, like, I am awesome at games. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's a credit, uh, to one of the guys that, that, uh, that ran it, that they managed to have a good time. What, what did he do well? So he, he, uh, he tried to go through all the kind of mechanics ahead of time, which is a little hard. It's a little tough with yeah. like September, <laughs> September of pandemic legacy. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so he did that. They're going to go play normal pandemic. Like, uh, where's all the stuff? Well, and and he didn't. He kind of, I want to say, DM'd it, right? Like you don't really need a DM. In, yeah, in you pandemic. like administer the game, right? Yeah, but uh, he was kind of the board administrator, sure. right? Who was keeping track of things and kind of occasionally, you know, given some. Uh, you might want to think about. Oh, I see. Um, sort of context of of but he wasn't playing a hand he was not playing a hand he didn't he didn't pair with anyone okay um and so he was flipping the cards and he was pulling stickers the cards pulling the stickers and and uh kind of pointing out where we're kind of missing rules or something if if that happened it didn't really happen we did okay we did pretty well cool um but yeah it uh it's are you guys gonna finish up with that group or uh well so it's it are the people that were normally in the group upset they didn't get to no so um i think he's really kind of one of the drivers and there's a bunch of people that are that are kind of that move in and out Ah. uh of playing it and they're okay with it (laughs) but and uh we uh we had slack conversations about kind of what had happened uh with the narrative Hmm. Um, oh i see so uh (laughs) one of the engineers she uh i think she's really tied she was really tied to her her character (laughs) And the the plot line, I think, kind of nuked her 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 abilities. So, gotcha. um, but uh, but yeah, folks folks seem to have a good time. I think it's a skill um, I, I to kind of put that whole thing together. Yeah, it's definitely it is. A skill. I was thinking about it, and I I was thinking about some of the different points that are involved. Um, if we were playing the Family Feud of planning a game night, and you, you just and you just hit the buzzer, what uh-huh. would you say the survey says? Like what uh, what? You ever seen Family Feud? I have seen Family Feud. What you know, I, so, what's the so survey? Whoa, uh, you know what is something really important to consider when planning a game now? <laughs> You're supposed to have one hand behind your back. Oh, okay, I got to put my hand behind my back, and then you hit the. Are thing. we supposed to get in a fight? I'm supposed to get in a fight with my wife over what we're doing. Isn't that how? No, what Family Feud are you yeah, watching? It's Family Feud. You're feuding with your family. No, you feud with a different family. Right, it's like the Hatfields and McCoys yeah, style feud. But they glare at each other when they say dumb things, right? No, they all cheer each other on. Oh, what? yeah. I haven't seen it for so long. This must be like the new millennial family know, feud or something. It's like rage family feud. Yeah, I've never seen that. Um, this never happened with Richard So Dawson. one length, right? You got to you gotta, you gotta have length. Yeah, gotta so that's length. your answer, length. Okay. Survey says. No, survey I, says. I don't know what survey Sorry. says. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Ding! food. Food. Got to have food, yeah. Food. Got to have enough calories to make it through the game. It's very important that got to regulate that you have you know you think about what your <laughs> snacks are no cheetos so type of food very, Ooh, very yeah. important you don't want to get it on the cardboard don't want to have greasy food not greasy don't do pizza not flaky no don't do pizza don't do cheetos don't do doritos yeah nothing that's gonna, gonna get, get all over everything unless of course you're playing like charades or something where there's no pieces there's no components i do have a plastic uno deck yeah yeah okay yeah it's for camping so got it <laughs> you can you could eat your Doritos. It'd be amazing. If you're stuck playing Uno, yeah, <laughs> you could. <laughs> so number two is 
Uh, number two, I would, well, actually, aside from, from food, I would say just knowing your audience, knowing your audience is right. really, really important, right? right? I mean, because if you're, and, and kind of having the right mix of who's going to come, you can't control who's going to, who's going to show up, right? Right. Um, but kind of knowing so that you can choose a game or set of games that is, that is going to appeal to a wide variety of people and that, you know, maybe you need, you know, maybe you're going to look for people who don't play a lot of games, but they're the sort that might be able to play up. And I don't mean play like better or worse. I just mean play up in terms of complexity and right. the style of game that they're going to try to learn. Or maybe you just try to get someone who's more of a gamer, but they're cool playing a more of a party style game or something. And, mm -hmm. and that's just kind of where your crowd is. So you kind of got to know where the center of gravity is of your audience and then kind of make it work with that. You know, don't certainly don't pick something around what you, I mean, you want, you should want to play what you're going to, don't play something you hate, right? but build it around the center of gravity of, of, of who's coming, I think is, is, is pretty important. And you can sell, you know, you can really sell that with theme. If there's a way with, with, uh, if you have a group that's, that, you know, likes a particular movie or mm -hmm. genre of something, maybe you have something in your collection that, that fits that really well. Right. Um, Probably my collection. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you kind of want to play to that because what you're looking for is some type of in, uh, so that they can, uh, start having fun right away. Right. Another important thing I would say is, is know the game, like play yeah. it, play it ahead of time, know right. the rules. I will, I've probably done this with you guys, like where I'm like, but I don't think I do it anymore where I'm like reading and learning a game with you like that. That's just the surest recipe for disaster. A, you're going to get rules wrong. B, everyone else is going to just think it's complicated because you're right. reading out of a book. And you're, you're, making not, it, you're making it intimidating. You're making it intimidating, and you're not summarizing for them and pulling out the best points. Um, and it's just, it's just bad form. I don't know. It's kind of like inviting <laughs> everyone over for, for, um, for like a dinner party and like not even starting till an hour after they get there or something right. and expecting everyone to... Time to knead the dough for the rolls. Be cool with that, right? It's just, it's just <laughs> not a good idea. So you should definitely have played the game before. You should be familiar with the rules. You should be able to, um, you know, teach them. I would say that if you're playing with folks that are not, uh, like, gamers, you should absolutely be able, prepared to teach a game without looking at the rules at all, except for, like, you know, how many pieces go on a spot or something like that. Right, right. You should know it well enough. Um, if you're playing with, you know, more hardcore gamer sorts it doesn't matter as much because the tolerance level for that is so much higher well it's it's really the complexity of the game right mm -hmm. like like you're not gonna play you're not gonna start out with something right with people that that aren't into but for it. instance if you're introducing ticket to ride know how to play right know how many cards you get know how many cards go out there be able to describe to them how you win what the actions are etc right um and kind of going along with that practice teaching i mean i've you know, mm -hmm. been teaching games for a while now, and, and there's certain formula that I think works really well. And I try to, I don't always hit them in the same order, but I think the three things that you always want to hit in the first two to three minutes. Oh, oh family feud. What? How you win. Yeah, how you win, right? <laughs> how do you win? Who are you? Like, what, what is the theme of this game? Who are you supposed to be in this right. game, right? right? So in Mars Open, we're, well, we didn't do that because apparently we're just astronauts yeah, flicking things around, but whatever. You're on Mars. You're, you're golfing, playing golf. Golfing, golfing on astronauts. Mars, right? Yeah. How do you win? You flick the piece of paper into that hole over there is with as few flicks as you can, right? 
what is the order of play? That's the third thing. Like what, you know, how, how do the turns go if there are turns in the game, yeah. right? What's the order? If there's simultaneous, take turns, whatever, right? So in this game where uh, one of us will start, then the other person will go, then whoever's farthest from the hole will go again. And then at each point, whoever's farthest from the hole goes until we're both into the hole. And you can flick it. If you fall off the table, take an extra stroke, put it back on. There you go. You, you now know 80% of how to play the game, right? And, and so those are the first three things you want to do. Um, avoid all the, I mean, avoid all the little rules. You're always going to encounter the person who's just like, well, you didn't tell me that rule or, you know, like that, right. that type of person. Just don't play to that. Like if, if you know that that sort of person's out there, I mean, that's, that's kind of on them. That's not on you. If they want to be that guy, or that woman, let them be that guy or that woman. Who's gonna be like, <laughs> you didn't tell me. Um, and, and just try to cover, you know, cover the basic things of what you can and can't do. If it's a learning game, state up front, this is a learning game. We do this all the time. When we play more complicated games, we say, this is a learning game. We are going to get a ton of the rules wrong. Nobody get upset because we missed a rule. If something seems funny, we'll go check the rule book. You know, just lower the stakes. Right. Lower the stakes, I, I would say, is, is key. Um, other things to think about. I think that having the, the, like, where you're playing, make it appropriate for the game, right? Don't play Jenga on an airplane. I mean, mm. You know, have lighting, you know, whatever the noise. If you're playing a party game, well, you don't need quiet. If you're playing a, you know, something where you need to really concentrate or whatever, I mean, hopefully you're not doing that with, you know, an introductory game, but... <laughs> Make sure, just make sure it's comfortable, you know, kind of. If you're playing consulting detective, don't have loud speed metal music playing. Yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> I, I don't think you got to overdo it on, on this, but, you know, make sure there's seating for everybody, um, et cetera. I mean, that, that's just kind of obvious if you're having any type of a meetup or, or anything, you would, you would do that type of thing. Um, here's one that I don't think a lot of people think about. Try to choose a game that can be flexible or tolerant to the number of players because sometimes somebody can't show up and they cancel the last minute or sometimes somebody brings someone along that you didn't expect, right? right. And, and if you pick a game that works great for four and sucks at five, and you, you got to kind of keep that in mind. So I like to have several games where, you know, at least with whoever's going to come, if I get an RSVP of six, we're cool. But if it ends up being seven, we're still all right. And if it's five, we're still all right. So kind of plan for plus one, minus one on your game counts. Um, cause it's, unless you have someone else who can co-host with you, you're not going to want to split up into two separate games. Right. Right. Um, and that's also, you know, it depends if certain sorts of groups can do that, but that's usually where you have a couple people that can kind of run things. Um, but if you're doing it on your own, um, think about those player accounts, what's going to work at, at, at different player accounts. There's a lot of games that go to five. Once you get above five, it just gets so much thinner yeah. in terms of what your choices are until, I mean, unless you would just want to go full on like party game right. or whatever. That's why, that's honestly why I think like code names is so popular. Cause it's like, Oh, someone can just sit down and join, uh, join late. And it, it works well for that. Thank the player account flexibility. The other thing I was thinking about is, uh, is just kind of the style, the overall style of, of, of what you're going to play right i mean there's a reason that certain games are called gateway games right because they have low rules overhead they have a, enough interaction where you don't have some the turns aren't long right where you have somebody taking 10 minutes and then everyone else getting bored like i've been at those right. sort of tables and you can just see the fun melting away away right <laughs> and, and you're as the host you're just like oh my god this is 
right? This is not going to work. And, and you can't control if somebody's going to be slow or whatever like that. Right. You, you can't control for that. You got to just roll with that. So if that's the case, you know, choose something where it has simultaneous turns where everybody's doing something all at the same time. Um, I mean, this is why cooperative games are so popular because everyone can, you know, work, work together. Some people are just totally not going to be down with cooperative games. They like, they, they want to win, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's so many different gaming personalities out there, you know, the bad winner, the bad loser, the, the slow player. I mean, there's all those sorts of things. They're all going to come up. Um, I think as the host, what, what you're trying to do is, is, um, keep the, the, the mechanics of the game in the background, like, right. like let the, let the social part, let the, that part of it come forward and let the game kind of be a vehicle so that, uh, you know, that can come together. So for instance, I had, uh, the, my, my book club group, these guys came over, um, and we played, we had just finished up playing Imperial Assault for like the last year and a half. We played every month, right? We played through all that. And I was always pretty flexible in terms of player count and et cetera. And I was like, all right, what are we going to, I was trying to think like, what will work? Could work for five, six. I'm not exactly sure how many are going to show up. We played Railways of the World. And I was like, I don't know. Is this, is this going to be successful? Is there's too much going on? It ended up working amazing. Like it was, it really worked well. Cause like we tried to just get playing within 10 minutes. Here's what you do on your turn. And then everyone kind of ask as they go. And people kind of just got into the decisions of the game. And, and that was cool. So um, like I said, get playing as quick as you can is, is definitely, definitely right. the way to go. So those are, those are some of the things that, that I think that I think about. And also just be welcoming if you're playing at a meetup or anything like that. It's always better to err on the side of including someone. And, you know, maybe it doesn't work out, but it's better than, than like being like, oh, we're already full. Like I remember the very first meetup I went to over 10 years ago, I was so intimidated because I felt like every table I was going to sit was at full, yeah. was like, it's full. And, you know, people are like, well, we don't want to play with new people because we don't know what they're going to be like or right. whatever. Right. And so for a long time, that was my impression of what you, you just didn't you know, go back. I didn't go back. Yeah. Right. Cause I just felt so unwelcome. Um, but I think, you know, it, that, that can be intimidating, but a lot of people, um, are, you know, are just great. If you just ask them, you know, it's just like anything else, introduce yourself and whatever, if it's, if it's more of a public thing, you're not hosting at your house. So yeah, those are just some, some thoughts. And I love, I love hosting games. I love teaching games to people. I love, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, I feel like I get too much caught up in the variety of different things as opposed to like, oh, we can really learn this game. I know that you get, you'd probably like to learn, like play a particular game more often. Yeah, maybe. I mean, variety. just the, the, yeah. So I, I, like we were playing Viticulture and you're like, that was cool, but I'll never be good at it because I'll never play it enough. Right, 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 right. Like there's, there's getting it to be kind of more intuitive, right? Like internalizing yeah. those rules. And that, that usually takes me a while on anything that's right. reasonably complicated. I don't know. I when I play with groups of people, I usually play more diverse things. When we play at home, we usually play. We haven't been playing recently. We usually play kind of a much narrower set of things, so we don't try new things very often with board games so, at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's right. just the two of us, so it's you got to have something that's structured for that, right? Like zombies or something. I'm not sure what you mean. So. I think we like playing the co-op games and we like playing the simpler games when it's just the two of us. Like, do you think you guys would, like, let's just say you mm -hmm. had Gloomhaven. Do you mm -hmm. think you would play it? I don't know. 
Okay, I'm just curious. Like, I don't know. Like, like maybe. Do, do you need that? That that has the long term kind of narrative. The long term so. legacy thing where it's like, oh, okay, this it's it feels like you know we're watching this TV show, and we're gonna yeah keep returning to it. Right? I mean, we used to play we used to play Arkham and Arkham with expansions, and that doesn't have that right aspect to it, but it does have that kind of length. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of commitment, right? Where mm-hmm. you, you really have to dive into it i don't i i think if i had something with that kind of level of of yeah long-term narrative i think i'd be more committed to it well there's a lot of them out there and they a lot of them really mm. certainly um play to the the the, the theme heavy yeah right i mean yeah. there's no i'm not aware of any abstract legacies <laughs> <laughs> although chess legacy that sounds like uh, yeah. it could be a thing you got an opportunity there i'm not sure it's your designer right fourth dimensional legacy chess right or like there was a, the the unlock game that you know yeah, I, yeah. I mean those are the sort of those aren't like those are just one session but those are the sort of things i could see you guys you know giving a giving a try so what we've been doing is as i like i think it's pretty interesting to take a game that's not a legacy game and try to find a way to, to make it that <laughs> and so we've been playing at home you know we're we, we're big fans of watching the tour de france and cycling in general and we we've been playing Flam Rouge uh the last week or so and so we set up like a Flam Rouge is a it's a race game with with uh, bicycles it's a cycling racing game right and you have uh two cyclists on your team which is pretty cool a little different than most race games and rather than just playing the game which takes about i don't know probably 30 minutes right to play a stage of the designer of the game has rules to play uh you know, sequence stages and how to keep track of the time, you know, mm. over the stages. So you can turn it into your own little legacy thing. So we put like nine stages together. We played four of them, you know, we call it, calling it the tour de Filbert <laughs> tour de Filbert. <laughs> and, uh, which, which is where you live. Yes. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Street, <laughs> street I live on. Yeah. Not just random nuts. Um, that's nuts. Right. And it's, it's pretty cool because it's, it's more interesting than just, oh, I won, I lost. It kind of has that whole story because we've played four stages. And so far, it's me, my wife, and my son. Each of us has had, has had the lead as a team. Mm. So it's kind of got this back and forth thing going. And whoever, I'm sure if anyone gets out in front, the other two will try to work together to rein them back in, <laughs> just like you would do in real cycling, you know, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, and it's, it's a fun game. I mean, I, you know, I like racing games in, in general. I like the cycling theme. Um, it's quick to play. It's not overly fiddly. Uh, it's, it's good. I mean, it, it, it just has like simple choices, but you feel as though the decisions that you're making matter and getting to work, have your two little guys, your two little cyclists work together and like slipstream off each other. Right. That's really cool. And so, and also sometimes sort of figuring out, guessing where someone else is going to go and <laughs> slipstreaming off of them is even better, right? Cause you save your energy for later and make them ride in front. So it really hits the theme really well. And, and I, um, we're loving the, the legacy uh, part of it. And it's also great with, it's okay with two, it's playable, but it really, it, I was, uh, Charlie and I, my son, we were saying it's, it's at least twice as good with that third, that third player. It's just that extra, like, you know, it's not zero sum. The two people can go right. after the person. That dynamic yeah. really changes. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty good. I think, I think the thing that, that I noticed as someone who hasn't played the game, um, but, when, but when we walked kind of through the, the way it works, I, I just thought it was really, really well designed for the theme, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
modular board so modular, you can make different stages right well and and that you have those two you have two uh i don't want to say characters you have two yeah, pieces right yeah. two cyclists that are kind of have two different roles that you're correct that that is kind of how cycling works right like, right because there's the sprinter and mm-hmm. then there's the roller mm-hmm. and you can there's different stages you can set up so just like in mars open you can set up the obstacles on your table however you want this has modular cardboard pieces so you can set up the track however you want i mean there's better and worse designs but if it's real flat the sprinter is going to have a real advantage but if it's real mountainous it's going to be much harder for the sprinter because they're not going to have as many places where they can use their really fast cards. Right. Right. So yeah. the, the sprinters basically have a wider distribution of energy cards and the rollers have a tighter distribution of, of their energy cards. So it's, they can go more consistently fast, but the sprinters have that big burst, which doesn't work on the mountains. Yeah. But there's, like real there's real slipstream or there's slipstream. The slipstreaming, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's the expansion that we have, like I said, it has cobblestones and, three lane feeding zones and it comes with two more colors so you can actually play up to six players which i just think would be amazing like is there is there like a peloton rule there is if you want to they they suggest playing with the peloton rule if you're um playing with fewer players to kind of add that dimension that's missing with just four pieces on the Mm. board right so you basically put a dummy team out there Mm. and they're acting as the peloton kind of to to help with that pacing of the game um, so they have, a, they have a couple of things. The expansion is totally worth, uh, I mean, absolutely worth it if you have the base game. Um, I think it's fun. And, and again, another game, I'm a huge fan of games that scale players well. I haven't played it with six, but I think it would be great. Certainly with three. <laughs> I love games that, that, you know, oh, someone else wants to play? No problem. Right. right. Um, whereas games that are just like, oh, this is really best at four. Right. And, and if there's five, we should play something else. Right. It's always kind of. I don't know. I mean, I, that, that's great, but the, for that sort of thing, you want to sort of plan out what you're going to do. Yeah, well, you know? I mean, it's a kind of drag, and it's harder to play in your kind of game night scenario, right? Like, the flexibility Correct. makes a big difference. Yeah. Unless you're just playing at home with you and your right. kids, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly, with the family. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's Flamme Rouge. It's uh, distributed by Stronghold Games. It's been out for a couple of years now, I think. And um, it, it's, been really, it's been really popular. And I don't think you need to be into cycling to enjoy it at all. I think it's just a fun family race game. Like you said, it's got, it's got really cool theme. So. Yeah. Well, so tomorrow we're hopefully going to, going to knock out the very, the very end of pandemic legacy season two. I hope so. Who knows what's well, going to be playing between two and four games. Right. Cause we're, we're, we're at November. Right. And we're going to win both, both games, which I means we'll we play have two. zero resources. So I'm not <laughs> sure about that. <laughs> I think we're at zero because we just won the last two, so we're down no. to zero well, extra cards. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not going to land this well. I don't know. I'm more pessimistic, but I'm, I'm excited to just kind of play it out. I mean, it's you know we've played it in sort of spurts and stutters, right? A bit. Right. Um, so it's not. I don't feel like it's been as smooth as season one in terms of us just like mm-hmm. we've got a couple times where it's like, what are the rules again? And, there's, <laughs> and I think there's more sort of odd stuff in this one than there is in season one. Well, yeah. And we also, you know, it's hard to schedule these, right? So we go like a month or right. so, and you, you kind of like, what are the new rules that we got last time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we, 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 we kicked its ass last time. I was, yeah. that was, that was yeah. really great. So hopefully we'll finish that up. And then, um, I don't know. I was kind of thinking after that, maybe we go back and play some dead of winter would be, okay. would be fun. Yeah. Um, cause I think that would, we could play with Jen that would play with five, you know, yeah. play with the exact same group. 
Um, it, there's enough different scenarios and stuff there. I think there's plenty of game. We could try that out. The other one I want to give a shot to is uh, Fury of Dracula. We're definitely, oh, we're yeah. definitely, Fury of Dracula. we're definitely playing that in October. Oh, there is. One hundred percent chance that that is getting scheduled, and we're, uh-huh. we're playing for your dragon. All right. So, lastly, my my guilt trip. When you 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 said this year, you're going to play Last of Us. When are you going to do that? When are you going to? Oh, you going to uh, do? Going to find some evening? Sure. Yeah. How how many hours is it? Oh, I have to look. Probably like mid twenties. Probably. Oh, is this fairly yeah. long? It's pretty long. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's not kid friendly. Um, I would not say it's, it's very violent. Um, okay, but they're not going to watch it. They're going to be interested in it. I don't think so. There are. So I, if it's violent, I, they won't be interested. Okay. So there's violence and there's definitely violence that happens to children in the game. Okay, so well, then no. I, I don't they, think they it's, I don't okay. think it's good for kids. Okay. I wouldn't recommend it for kids, okay. but no, then, I, then I, that just means like when I play is right. Because that means I'm probably playing in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, like when my son's playing Fortnite, right. Right. He's he's locked into Fortnite. Yes, <laughs> I need to try this game sometime uh, so I can be terrible at it and not play. Yeah, you'll, yeah, you could join me at being terrible. at <laughs> oh, it. Oh yeah. Um, has he has he gunned you down? He's or? gotten better at it. It's it's good. It's it's actually it's actually been kind of great because he's you know we when we moved here from Chicago, his friends from like kindergarten, first, second grade. He's actually been playing with them. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, so he's he's kind of reconnected with them, and and I think that's a a cool part of social stuff, like not just playing with random you right. know, people. So he wasn't too into that, but it's been good um, for, for him. Cause <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that he's, he's, you know, able to talk to some of those old friends. Yeah, so no, cool. it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to stay connected that way. So. Yeah. So I'll probably play as opposed to me playing like Saturday, Sunday mornings, Yeah, which is when I would play like, um, like I would play XCOM anytime. Cause I mean, like I don't know, people get my family There's, for whatever reason they're they're weird like that. They like to watch me play XCOM. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Something about the tactical decision. I missed. I missed the. I missed the free June download or whatever. Oh, that's I, sad. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so you sent me this, and I, I maybe you sent it to me in June, but uh, I, I, XCOM. So XCOM was apparently XCOM, XCOM two, two XCOM was two. Des- was a big discount, and now it's like sixty bucks again. Right. Well, when Subnautica comes, Subnautica. Oh yeah. When that comes out, I think we'll both have to yeah. give that a shot. That's underwater survival scuba so, yeah survival horror ish i don't know i guess it's i mean it's, it's, it's suspense suspense right? yeah, yeah i don't yeah. know if it's that's horror, what i like, when i say yeah. horror when i say survival horror i really mean super suspenseful game that's yeah. what i mean i mean bad things happening underwater is horror to me yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's I a mean, horror aspect that, that, yeah, uh, yeah I <laughs> but i think that'll <laughs> i think that looks uh pretty good and then i i know it's like so old but i i I really need to to play the the Witcher game. I gotta. Get oh it. yeah, you I, got you got it. I gotta at least get. You gotta make it through like the first four hours or so. Like it's a little. It's not bad. It's Dry. Yeah. I mean it 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 becomes more fun over okay. time. I think. Okay. Um. I'm just saying. I I I wasn't sure the first four or some odd hours that I was gonna like the game. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we uh, got this recording in from the banks of the South Platte. <laughs> I'm I'm off to the Emerald Isle for a oh bit. yeah, I'm going to Ireland, and we'll be back. And uh, yeah, we'll be recording in August, and I hope we will have a special surprise. We will find out. We will see. All right. Thank you, everyone. Later. Bye.
Context Free is a contrarian content production. Find out more information at contextfree.fm along with our show notes. Our theme music is Chocolate and Cocaine by Lorenzo's Music. Find out more about Lorenzo's Music at lorenzosmusic.com.